Hey, New Walk. You know, we're beginning a little bit of a journey in November and updating you where we are in this process of our church of continuing to grow, add expansion to our church to, to make it even more impactful to our community. I want to tell you over the next several weeks more about that journey, but I wanted to take time with you this morning, go about town and maybe let you see kind of the roots of where New Walk all began. Since, you know, 2019 and COVID hit, uh, so many people that are attending our church are new. There are many of you that you're attending this place and you're really not sure where we came from. You're not sure how this whole thing started. And, and maybe quite frankly, you haven't been too concerned about it. Uh, but I think it is important for you to know about this place that you're attending and where it all came from. And, and if I could just say this, you know, at the root of so many great churches is something called faith. Uh, most great churches are operating in deep faith, uh, believing and trusting continually that God will show up in a mighty way. And knowing for you attending our church that faith has been at the roots of this church is so critical. Uh, I'm standing in a place that's really at the forefront of where those faith roots were once developed for the church that you're sitting in today. This small church behind me uh, that was at the time called Crosslight Church uh, is where I began the faith journey for my own life. And that journey is playing out today in the place that, that you're sitting in, in, in the year 2023. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and verse 6, that it's impossible to please God without faith. That faith is so critical. In fact, in Hebrews 11, we see a portrait of God just reminding us today how faith-filled people are always the ones who've made a difference. And, and even they talk about the, these great heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. The ultimate portrait of that chapter is how critical faith is. So back in 2001, this church began, as I mentioned, with faith. Here's the truth about New Walk. A New Walk was a church that was born out of faith. New Walk is a church that has grown through faithfulness of people and more and more people. And New Walk is a church that is going to move ahead continually on faithfulness. I was invited to this church here behind me. And uh, this was a place that my in-laws were going to, a very small church, uh, maybe 20 or 30 people were attending and uh, they lived across the street from the pastor and the pastor, you know, invited them and they started coming and we were on the same street as my in-laws and they were invited and, and we, they were inviting us. We began the journey of attending this church. My wife was a believer and I was not, and we started serving in the church. I started serving in the church. They needed help with kids. They needed help with students and kids during church. And, and, and I said, okay, I'll do that. I wasn't even a believer yet, but I said, fine, you know, I'll help these people. They seem to be in need and I loved kids. And so we started helping. Well, it was in the time, you know, of my serving in this church in 2001 and attending and helping with the youth and kids that I was heavily reading scriptures for the lessons that I was going to be teaching them. And God started stirring in me, at, hey, I don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I was sitting in the back of this church in 2001. And I can remember very clearly the moment where I just bowed my head like I asked so many people to do every weekend at our church. And I said, hey, 
you know, would you want to make that decision to say yes to Jesus Christ? The, the pastor was saying that from, from the pulpit here. And I said, yes. And, and I can remember the sense of knowing very deeply my sin had been forgiven that I had begun a relationship with Jesus. God began to do a work in me. And by faith, yes, I said yes to Jesus Christ. By faith, I, I started responding to you know, the need to be baptized. And pretty quickly, I got baptized. By faith, I responded to the call to be a man in my home, to be a father to my children and a husband to my wife, the way that God was calling me to be. By faith, I was responding to whatever next step God had in store for me. I began to, by faith, respond to leadership opportunities here at the church. I was saying, okay, God, whatever you have next for me, I'm ready to respond. And so as I began to be in more leadership roles, God began revealing to me that maybe he had a calling for me even beyond this church. I want to read to you a powerful moment of history and what it uh, really does to set the backdrop for our conversation today. In Joshua chapter 3, it is recorded in history, the moment the Israelites, after they had left Egypt and wandered for 40 years, finally arrived at the promised land that God had in store for them. This moment is recorded as the Lord speaks to Joshua and says, Joshua, this is what I want you to remember as you go into this land. And then Joshua starts explaining it to the people. And here's what it says in Joshua chapter three. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters will, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people uh, broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. It's at like max capacity here. It looks pretty daunting to cross. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from the upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam and in the, in, the in the vicinity of Zarethan. And while the water flowing down the sea of Arabah, that's the Dead Sea, was completely, it was completely cut off. So this portion of this gap now for them to walk across. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had walked through the crossing on dry land. In the text there, you see a very faith-filled, powerful moment for the Israelites to trust God. What's happening there in that moment? What's taking place? God is saying, if you want to see me deliver in this moment, you're going to have to take a step. You're going to have to put your foot in. And really, this is not a portrait of just kind of like dabbling, like, you know, kind of like I'm just going to barely touch my toe and kind of sink backwards to see what happened. This is a put your foot in the water moment, all in faith. And I can tell you, as I go through this journey today, talking to you about the church history for Newwalk, every single moment, I get these defining moments in our church history were all moments where either me or people along with us had to say, okay, we're going to put our foot in. We don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to put the foot in and we're just going to trust and see what God can do. Let me just ask you right now, 
just from where you're seated, and I put this question in your notes with the place to kind of write and fill in. When is the last time you put your foot in all the way for something of God? God can reveal to you a faith step that says, I, I need to, to, maybe it's just simply being baptized. Maybe the faith step that you have next for you is, I need to be a better husband, or better father, or a wife, or or, or mother to your children. Maybe it's, I, I need to take some discipleship growth steps. It doesn't have to be a calling to start a church. When is the last faith step offered to you by God? When is the last time you took that big, powerful step? I think it is always going to be followed by watching God do amazing and incredible things. This is the neighborhood we lived in prior to Newark starting. We were ministering uh, to that community where the church was, but then we lived here. There was a lot of amazing things going on here, um, certainly with some of our neighbors and meeting them. But uh, down at the end of this street is where a man came to see me that I knew I knew he was coming. He was going to come tell me about this church. I just knew it. We began to sense that, I began to sense that this church was needed, but, but this man came and visited me and he's the one that said, we think you should be the starter of this church. They call him a planter of this church. And, and so I remember thinking, yes, I, I feel called to do that. But there was one issue, you know, uh, my wife didn't know much about this stirring fully in my heart. And uh, what I knew was, uh, you know, her and I are one flesh. And I knew that if God was calling me to this, she would be on board. And I wasn't sure yet if she was on board because I was pretty sure she did not intend to marry a preacher. She did not marry a preacher. Now all of a sudden I am one. And uh, then to say, okay, now we're gonna start this church, which was be on huge faith, I knew that. I had to really wait and see what God was doing in her. And God was right here in this neighborhood revealing things to you. Yeah, I will never forget the day I was standing out in our driveway on the street and a little girl came up to me from our neighborhood and she said, Miss Sean, why do you wear a T around your neck? Your name is Sean Baldus and you have a T on your neck and you have a T all over your house. And I said, it's because I'm a Christian. It's because I believe in Jesus. And this little girl in this community had never heard of Jesus. She had no idea what I was talking about. And, and that was the day that I was wrecked for our community. And I went in and I said, Gary, yeah. we have got to do more. I'm like, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I think we got a plan here maybe. Uh, but you know, and of course that was gonna be a huge faith journey for you. But along the way, even before the church started, you know, we, we would go, I mean, God continued to reveal things. We were, we would go to the movie theater and yeah. different places around town. And we just could sense like kids, parents, they were hurting. And I don't know, you probably saw that for sure. Yeah, a lot of desperation, a lot of hopelessness, a lot of just teenagers lacking purpose. And I think that just really weighed heavy on our hearts. Yeah, we were becoming more and more crushed you know, by what God was revealing to us. We, you know, by faith, we did answer that call to say that we would uh, do that church, you know, and that kind of happened between right around 2004, 2005. And, and yet, even through that, as we got ready for this church, just more and more con confirmation, confirming things about 
us putting our foot in that water. We, we did a VBS, you probably remember that, a vacation Bible school where we tried to connect with some families and kids and uh, you were in the trenches of that, you saw some stuff there. Yeah, it was um, incredibly eye-opening to be uh, teaching Bible stories to kids that had never opened a Bible, never heard anything from the scriptures. And I think that just continued to wreck us as well, that we are in this incredible community and there's such a lack of grounding and faith all around us. Yeah, I remember the people helping us in those uh, teachings. They were doing a thing where they're like, hey, who doesn't have a Bible? And I think if I remember right, we had to go get more Bibles because yeah. we had so many kids that didn't even have a Bible. And we're teaching them these Bible stories and they are glued to these stories that we are so used to uh, or new and they're so glued to them. And when we go to the Dominican now, we see kids, their eyes, you know, opening when they hear these stories about Jesus, these moments in history and here in our own country, and it's still happening even more prevalent today, kids don't know any of the basic Bible stories. They don't know the Bible. Yeah, and so we've, you know, that was all confirmation, I think, leading up to the start, our first weekend in 2006 at Newwalk Church. Well, God was preparing us for the start of this church and whether it was through the neighborhoods we were ministering to, things we were seeing around town, uh, we just knew that this thing had to happen. Like our hearts were burning for this next faith step. I've told the story before, but our journey as uh, one of burning so strong for what God wanted to do in our community. That was like, um, it was like Popeye, you know, in those Popeye moments, if you ever watched Popeye growing up, some of you didn't, some of you did, but I've shared before, you know, there's the moment with Brutus and olive oil when uh, Brutus is hitting on olive oil and bothering Popeye so much. And he finally uses this line, I've had all I can stands and I can't stands no more. And for us, that's just where we were. We had all, had all we could stands. We couldn't stands anymore of what the enemy was doing in our community, how he was having his way with kids, young families, anybody. And we said, we've got to do this church. So as our hearts were burning for that church, as people were talking to us about how they could help us, support us financially, we had to have a home. And we were praying and there was a whole by faith journey just to find this facility that I'm standing in front of. This is the East Pasco YMCA in Zephyr Hills. And for nine years from October 1st, 20, 2006 to, to the summer of 2015, this was our home. We would set up and tear down in this gymnasium every single weekend. But leading up to just the start of this church, there were these by faith things. Not long after the church started, there were these by faith moments leading up. We we had a group of people that said they were going to fund us financially. And then they sent us a letter in the mail one day and they said, sorry, we, we can't help you. We'd already quit our jobs. We were ready to go, you know? And I remember Sean and I, we said, you know what? Doesn't matter if the money doesn't come through. God's called us to do this. We're going to do it. it. The money did eventually come through, but it was a by faith moment that we put our foot in the water again and said, God, you're going, you're going to deliver. I remember uh, we were a little short though still of what we needed. And when this church started, I remember me and Sean, we cashed out our entire 401k that we had saved. You know, and we did because we believed in the, the journey of what this church could offer. We dedicated and even gave of our cars. We didn't have health insurance. We gave all of that up, a large income, because we believed that this was what God wanted us to do. Constantly putting our feet in by faith. You know, there's a great quote 
uh, by uh, Jim Cimbala. He wrote in a book, uh, he said this, I despaired at the thought that my life might slip away without seeing God move and show himself mightily on my behalf. I think we despaired at the thought that, that we would know that God wanted us to do something, but yet we would miss out on a moment in seeing what he could do on our behalf in our community. And so we set our mind, we set our heart into saying, God, we believe that this is what you want us to do. And so we began the launch of New Walk Church. I want to be clear. I'm not asking you to cash out your 401k or give up a car necessarily, anything like that. I'm just sharing this with you because these are just a portrait of what God has been doing by little faith moments, big faith moments in, in our lives. And it's kind of the foundation of this church. Now, as you kind of look at this church behind me, it was a gymnasium, but a church all at once. Right away, God was honoring those commitments. We had our first Sunday, 324 people in attendance. Since that day, every weekend in our church's history, somebody has come to know Jesus Christ. Along the way, people have joined in on that faith step with us in some way or another. Heck, just start the church. We had a group of families that said, we believe, and they put their foot in and said, let's go, let's do this together. And a few years into the start of our church, we set forth on a campaign to said, we got to find property. So we went on a campaign to raise money to find us a piece of property. The property that the church sits on today, New Walk Church, is that property. And a bunch of people put their feet in the water and they said, hey, we believe we've got to find a home one day for our families and for our church in this community. And as they joined us on this journey, God delivered even more on our behalf with more people joining us. And then some years after that, by faith, we told our congregation, we've got to raise some funds to get some money down so that we can get some lending so that we can have this new facility built. And it was going to be large because we were already large here in this setting, running 1,500, 1,800 people. And so whatever we were going to build had to be even bigger. And by faith, we said, we're going to do this. We're going to stretch. And more and more people joined along the way. And now the building you're sitting in, in 2015, it was built. And we've been seeing God explode there mightily on our behalf, on all of our behalves, as people have joined in, something very powerful happening in all of East Pasco, simply by these by faith moments. Well, now here we are at the permanent home of New Walk Church for the last eight years anyways. We've been here and we've been watching what God has been doing because a group of people many years ago put their foot in the waters of faith. It wasn't just me any longer. It was not just me and my wife. It was not just me and a smaller group. It was a larger and larger and growing number of people who said, I'm going to put my foot in those waters and just see what God can do. And so if you're here today, you are seated in a place that didn't just magically appear. (laughs) It came into being because people by the large numbers of maybe hundreds and hundreds and hundreds put their foot in the water and said, let's see what God is going to accomplish. When I look back over the last years, I see so many portraits of how God responded because people took steps of faith. This building that you're seated in is a 
reminder of what faith can do in the lives of people, what God can do when people step out in faith. You know, when you go back to the scriptures there, you see in Joshua how uh, they were crossing that river at such a high time, harvest season where it's really high. They put their foot in, it opens up, they're able to cross over to the other side. And then they do something really interesting. They set up sort of like a monument as a reminder of what God can do. It says in Joshua chapter four, it says, so the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the river, the Jordan, according to the number of tribes of, Israel, of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua and carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. And Joshua set up 12 stones that had been in the middle of Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. You see, what they were doing is they were setting up a faith reminder. Uh, it's, it's a monument. God's not in that monument, but it's a reminder of what God can do. And I see these uh, moments of monuments in my own life. In fact, uh, in places where God is doing amazing things when you get down to it. When I drive by that old church that I gave my life to Jesus Christ in where we uh, were ministering to the youth, I drive by there and it's a reminder to me of great faith moments in my life. When I go by, you know, my old neighborhood where you just saw uh, my wife and I walking, that's a reminder of moments of what God can do. When we go by the YMCA, we marvel because we remember the faith moments and how God responded, what God can do. And when I drive by, live close to this building here that you're seated in, it's a constant reminder of what God can do. And these reminders are important in your life and in my life. It's, it's why some people journal when they pray so they can go back and be reminded of moments of what God has done. It's, it's why people reflect on moments of great faith in their life. What is the moment of great faith in your life? What is the moment where most recently you put your faith in those waters? I'm going to ask you throughout the month of November to put your foot of faith in those waters and test God some more. Before I get into why it is that you and I should want to test God a little bit further, trusting him on this journey of faith, I want to just tell you about our church a little more specifically about what we've gone through just over the last four years. Some of you have been with us going back many, many years. In fact, there are people in our church who are here. They were there at the very beginning. They've seen it all happen. So it's been really incredible. But if you've been with us over the last four years, you've seen quite a roller coaster. If you just think about the roller coaster in our community, the ups and downs that we've faced in our community, in our country, around the world with the pandemic. You've seen some wild things happen over the last four years. Our church has been a part of some of that wildness. Back in 2019, if you were around, we were growing, we were burgeoning uh, our Sunday morning services, especially. We actually had five services back then that were filled with people. And we said, hey, we got to get busy on an expansion plan. I was not going to preach like 10 services a weekend. So we got we to gotta expand this thing. And so we put together a campaign. It was called Greater Things. Some of you were a part of that initially in 2019, where we said, hey, help us get some dollars together so that we can uh, get a new facility started. And so many people joined us on that journey. And then in 2020, COVID happened and our church 
had to shut its doors for a, just a period of time to see at least what was going on. There was a lot of noise and chaos. Once we understood what was really going on, we said, you know what, we got to open up. And we did. And uh, yet, because of the fear and because of some of the realities of the pandemic, people just didn't come back to church. And we had, at that time when we reopened, maybe only a quarter of the people attending. We went from a church that maybe had only 3,800, or that had at one time 38, 3,900 people attending down to maybe a thousand people. We are a new church as you sit in today by, uh, by all accounts, other than maybe a quarter of our congregation. We have reached uh, so many new people and we thank God for that. But it has been a rebuild. And where we are now in 2023 is we need to get started on that facility. God has brought us almost fully back. We've put the pedal down. We've kept focusing on our community. We've kept putting our foot in the waters of faith and God has continued to deliver. Our church has continued to grow. And before I ask you what I wanna ask you to do over this next month and beyond, I wanted to share with you that you can have the confidence in knowing that you are a part of an incredibly powerful church that's growing and doing amazing things. If you were to, if you were to step back and say, okay, what are some of the markers of a great church? you would be able to look and, and, and be able to see them playing out right here in our own church, right? If, if I was asking you to support something financially and we couldn't put the proof out there that there was something great happening, you'd say, this is ridiculous. But man, when I talk to you about supporting the work of our church, you can go forward with complete confidence about what's happening. I, one marker of a healthy and vibrant church is that they reach new people all the time in their community. And we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of first time visitors this year and since the pandemic and before the pandemic. Like we keep reaching more people in our community. And as you've seen all of the growth in our community, more people are moving in, more people are coming. We have to be ready to receive them. But first time visitors, we are on the move reaching our community. And another marker of a great church is that those visitors come to know Jesus Christ. And we see salvations happening every weekend at our church, really since the beginning of, the, of our church, 17 years ago. We see it taking place over and over again. More baptisms, more and more and more. Just this year, when you just look back on this year, we see baptisms taking place right here in front of us in the little tanks that we have. We, we see baptisms taking place at our women's captivated trip. We see baptisms taking place at our men's trip. We see youth trying to reach 100 baptisms in a year for the first time in history. Wow, we see uh, the recent baptism at the beach that we just had. Baptisms are a sign of life change and it's happening right in front of you and I. Our church is seeing that in big numbers. I don't know if you know this, but there are churches that would beg for one baptism a year. We have them by the hundreds and hundreds. And so it's a beautiful portrait of growth. Uh, we see growth now back to our church of over 3,000 people uh, either attending or watching every single weekend. We have more leaders growing and developing and growing in the corners of our church, rising up from coming to know Jesus Christ and now leading in very powerful ways in our church. That is a marker of a growing church, more disciples, people discipling because we have more people in our small groups than in the history of our church. Even when we were bigger before the pandemic, we have more people in groups than ever before. And of course, a marker of a healthy and vibrant church is that they want to reproduce, either support healthy churches, new churches, or send out church planters. And we've had four in the history of our church already. I share all that with you to say, you are a part of a healthy and vibrant church.
you say, okay, Pastor Gary, what is it you're asking from us? And yeah, we've done the greater things and, and we have that money and we have that in the tune of $1.4 million sitting in our account, waiting to be utilized on a new facility. But something has happened along the way. Over the last few years, our ability to get the financial resources for us to have as a church has been, the game has changed. Like the goalposts have moved a little bit. Where we were once able to tap into lending to help us finish out what we need financially to get the building done, uh, those lenders are now saying, you know what? Uh, we're not gonna do much like where we just kind of do a build it and they will come. We're gonna ask you to have the ability to make a payment on a new facility right now. In other words, let's say our church grew to, you know, by another thousand or 2000 because we built a new facility. They want us, the lenders, to act as though we have all of those people now and all of those financial resources from those new people now. In other words, they're saying to us, if you want additional financial resources, you need to show us that you could pay the bill right now. You know, that works a lot of times. That's kind of the way it goes in secular. But even the Christian organizations funding us are asking for this as well. This puts a huge burden on us. Will we be able to utilize the greater things dollars? Of course, that's money we won't have to borrow to get the new facility up and running and going. But it does mean that we will need to have a very robust financial portrait taking place at our church, one that looks like it could handle the finances of a new facility right now. Folks, that is a huge burden on our church. But I believe, as the scriptures say, that on the foundation of Jesus Christ, as Jesus is speaking to Peter, he says, you know, on this rock, the foundation of Jesus Christ, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We move forward by faith together as a church. Everything we're needing to take place will come to pass if God has his hand on it. And I believe he absolutely will. So now in order for us to accomplish what it is that we need to accomplish, we're going to have to ask everybody here, uh, maybe you gave to greater things. Uh, maybe you've given to Christmas offerings. I'm not gonna ask you to do a Christmas offering the end of this year like we normally do. I want all of our focus on this. I'm gonna ask you, those of you attending our church, those of you who call this church your home, I'm going to ultimately, over the next month, I'm going to be asking you to take a step in increasing your support of this church financially from where you are to something more. And it's going to be by faith. You're going to, all of us, and I'm going first on this, you're going to all have to say, how can I put my foot in the water of faith financially to support this church just a little bit more? And my wife and I, we're going first. We have already spent time on this saying, okay, what can we do? And now our staff has done the same thing. They're what can we do? I'm asking the congregation now, what is it that you all can do to put that foot of faith in the water just a little bit more to support the work of this church? We are endeavoring to put a financial snapshot of our church together in 2024 that looks exactly like we might look in 2026 with a new building. It's powerful, it's a big deal, and God can absolutely do it. I'm asking you, starting today and over the next several weeks, to do something very simple. Let's go back to the ABCs. The letter A, I'm asking you to ask God, God, what can we do to be a part of this? What steps do we need to take? 
God, what does it look like in our own finances? I'm asking you to take a faith step. I'm not talking about giving a little bit more because you quit drinking one Starbucks a week. I'm not asking you to knock off a, like a $10 thing you do a week. It's more than that. It's a faith step. Like there's a moment where we say, God, if this is going to be the step I take, you are going to have to show up. And I'm asking you to pray and take time over the next couple of weeks and say, what is it, God, you would have for us? The letter B, that you would believe that God will indeed move. I see these monuments as reminders of what God has done at Newwalk, personal other reminders in my life. You may have some as well that you can reflect back on and say, yeah, you know what, God, it does seem that every time I depend on you, you deliver. And so, God, I believe that you will come forward and you will make this thing happen on my behalf with your help, God. I believe it will happen. And then the letter C is to commit. To commit over the next week or two to say, this is what our family is going to do. This is how we are going to be involved. Now, I can't, I can't make you come to whatever that number is. I can't do it for you because it looks different for every person in our congregation. What I can do is give you like, here's some little reminders or some little helpers about how you could take another step. On your seats and every week of this time that we have together, on your seats, there's going to be a little card that says, uh, here's kind of a snapshot of where everybody is in our congregation. And here's a snapshot of the next step that you might be able to take. Just deciding that, hey, this is where we are in this picture, and this is kind of where we're going to go. So as you look at that card, what you're going to see is there, there's a group of people in our church. You don't give it all. There's about half of the people that come here every week. They don't give it all and support this church. I'm going to ask you to start moving into obedient biblical giving to the church. There are some of you, you give once in a while. You have some dollars, buckets pass, kind of throw some change in. It's a leftover situation of your finances. And I understand that. I lived there one day myself. I did that. I'm going to ask you to say, no, we're going to be regular, obedient, biblical givers. I'm going to ask those of you that are in that realm, and you know it's a large number of our church, you're going to take a step. You're going to say, with my family, with my wife, or it's just you, we're going to take a step. I'm going to take a step and say, we're going to add, we are going to increase, we are going to be weekly givers. We're going to do automated giving. We're going to sign up and go to our website, newwalk.church, and sign up for automated giving. You can go see our Connect desk on the way out. You're going to sign up for automated giving. They'll get you set up at the information table on the left-hand side of the hallway on your way out. Some of you are watching online. Just go to our website, and you can set that up through consistent giving. That would be a huge helper to our church. And then, of course, some of you already do this, and I thank you. Those of you that do this now, you are helping us meet our budget every week. And that is a big deal. And all of the things that have been happening in our church are happening because of the faith you already have financially. I'm going to ask those of you, say, okay, what is it we can do a little bit more? Is it going to be a, a few percent more of our income? 1%, 2%, 5%. We're going to give a little bit more and step up and become what is known as somebody who's giving more uh, robust financially in their spiritual journey. And then there's another group of you. You already do that. You tithe, you do greater, you did greater things. And I'm going to ask you to step into something like extravagant giving, where you just say, you know what, we're moving in even further. And there's a rare group of Christians that operate this way. 
you take that additional step. Every one of us has a step that we can take. The question is, will we be obedient and will we trust God in those steps? Now, I am going to ask you to pray about this. This is a faith matter, and so you need to be praying. Don't be just rushing to kind of make that decision. Maybe God has put it on your heart for a long time that you're not doing this and you just need to. And I understand if somebody want to make that decision today. But I'm going to ask you to pray about it. Once you've made a decision about kind of which one you're going to be a part of, I'm going to ask you to take that card that's on your seat, fill out the back of it. Uh, there's not an amount I'm asking you to put in there. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just asking you to say, hey, we prayed and we are taking another step in our spiritual journey. And you're going to just drop it in the box on the way out. You're going to drop it in there and say, our family, myself, whatever it is, we are taking an additional step. You'll circle which step it is that you're taking as a family. Now, to honor God and to see how God is delivering, what we're going to do is uh, several months down the road into the new year, we're going to have a gathering and we're just going to worship God right here at our church and thank Him for what He's doing. I believe right now we're going to be able to celebrate results that put our church in a footing where people can look at us financially and say, they are ready now. They are ready now for what God is going to do. I believe that that will happen. And so we are already planning it. Those of you who take that step and follow through, we're going to get with you over the coming months and we're going to invite you to an event here at our church where we just celebrate and worship God. We'll have a free gift as a reminder, kind of that monument reminder that says, God, you are delivering on our behalf. You're doing an amazing thing in our lives. We're going to have that for you as well. That'll be into the new year. But again, those are just little reminders and things we're putting together for those who decide over the next several weeks to take one of these steps. I'll talk more again about these steps in the coming weeks. It's going to be a powerful journey that we're going to take together. But again, your first step is you're just saying, God, I'm asking you, show me what it is that we can do. Now, before Pastor Patrick comes out and closes out our time together, I want to tell you about what's happening next week. Our architect, our designer, our builder, he's going to be here next week to share with you where we are, to share with you the timelines and milestones. We're moving forward with him because we believe that you're going to respond. We believe God is going to deliver. So I want you to hear from him exactly what's taking place. I interviewed him and that's gonna be kind of presented to you all so you can know a little bit more about what's going on, see some of the updated designs along the way. Uh, we've been working diligently every week almost with him to get this thing moving in the right direction. So he's going to share with you some of that next week, more details about what's going on next week. I hope you'll come back and just listen to that and hear what God is doing in our church as I come back next week to share with you. Let me close out our time together in prayer. Father, we are grateful. Right now, right now, we're giving thanksgiving prayers for what you're going to do in advance. God, you are going to deliver on our behalf. We are standing at the cusp, at the edge of the water, and there are going to be people who put their foot in. God, I pray it'll be everybody. God, it won't just be 80%, 70% of our congregation. It will be 100% that there would be nobody standing back on the old side in the wilderness, wondering if they can cross over the Jordan. God, that there would be people that put their foot in of faith. It looks different for every person in our congregation. It looks different but they would stand up and say, I am entering in the waters in this moment. God, that 
we could look back and say, nobody stayed on that shore. They all crossed over with us. And we'll look back at moments like this, this month and when the new building is built, we'll look back at opportunity for us as our church has expanded to say, God, you did it again. Another monument, another reminder, God, that you have delivered on our behalf. Father, help us to see that you are a real and mighty God. There are times when we do moments like this as a church where people test God financially and they're not even believers, but they just decide to do it and God delivers and they come to know Jesus Christ because they did what the scriptures say that we can test God financially and know that he is real. It's happened all the time at our church and this will probably happen again as people test God financially. God, I thank you for what you're about to do in our church. We are going to celebrate and it's going to be not because of any humans. At the end of the day, God, it's going to be how you delivered mightily for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you next week.